Hey, welcome to Real Talk with Nina. I'm Nina and shit is about to get real. I have Jonathan Beal on today, who is this amazing soul that I was connected to through mutual acquaintances. And honestly, my life has been changed ever since. So he is a mentor and a coach to lost souls looking to establish or reestablish their identity. And honestly, he's already helped me on that journey in the first two hours that we spoke a few weeks ago. I cannot wait to bring him on and I'll have him explain more about what he does because he has a British accent and he just sounds smarter than me. So we're just going to bring him on and we'll have him explain it. Hey, you're on. <laughs> I explained that you just inherently sound smarter than me. So I'm going <laughs> I'm going to have you explain what you do in more detail with an accent so that it just sounds classier than if I were to explain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You want to know what I do? What right? do you do? What do I do? Many, 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 many things. Um, but mostly I work with people on integrating their identities and finding peace in their shadow and turning that shadow into gold and turning perceived weakness into strength and leaning into complete and total full self-expression, right? In, and the way I describe it is coming into congruence right in being the whole and complete version of yourself and that isn't about taking anything away or it is rather it's about taking away the parts of you that aren't you yeah. right and then allowing the parts of you that are you to, to to come out and be expressed um so i would like to say that that was in a nutshell but it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> but honestly i feel like people were probably just like oh this accent that, I mean, you could have got on for like an hour and people would be like, I still don't get it. Why don't you just keep explaining <laughs> what exactly we, we can go a little deeper. <laughs> like if you could just say the alphabet a few times, that would be okay. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. yeah so, um, so it's, it's funny because when I, when I posted that, oh, I'm going to be speaking to this man about bisexuality in men specifically. And it's interesting. I think a lot of a lot of people never question that like, oh yeah, because it's like more taboo to be a bisexual man. And so that actually made me lean in even further and go, okay, so clearly the fact that people understand why I'm specifically focusing on bisexual men tells me that it's understood that it is more of a taboo than a bisexual woman. All right. And I, and I know when we spoke on our pre-podcast chat, that was really supposed to be like a half hour, but like two and a half hours later, we were still, we were still talking. And I think I like totally divulged all of my, my, my porn habits and like <laughs> what scenes I like to watch. And <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Which was totally relevant by the way. Um, it was. It totally was. But it really is the whole idea that if a girl hooks up with a girl, it's hot right? If a guy hooks up with a guy, he's gay. So a couple things there, why the difference and why can't being gay also be seen as hot? So what if it was, yes, a guy hooking up with a guy is, is homosexual behavior and hot. Why, 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 why the disconnect, like what's going on there. And, uh, it really kind of came from 
you know, because people think, why is a heterosexual woman with a heterosexual husband give a shit about debunking myths and taboos around bisexual men? Well, it's really more of a self-serving thing, and I'll own that, is that I don't like when I have belief systems that don't make sense to me or, or, or no longer serve me or almost encourage a, a shrinking mindset versus an expansive one. And, and living my entire life with OCD where I felt trapped in my own brain, there's nothing that I work harder on as an adult to uncage that at, at, at all costs, right? Anytime a belief system sucks, I dive into it and it's really, really fucking uncomfortable. And that's why I lean in. And so I was literally on the hunt for a specifically a bisexual man to explain and to help me kind of break down where all of these shitty messages were coming from and why someone like me, who I, I thought I was extremely open and like nothing shocks me. And I, I just think everything is hot. Why, why was this coming up for me? And, and it got down to like, I would try to imagine like, well, what if a guy were to go down on my husband? Let's just say like in, in fictional world, just trying to challenge those thoughts. I was like, and I could probably, <laughs> I could probably know that. <laughs> but the second I switched it, it was like, all bets were off. Nope. And that isn't cool to me. That's not cool to me because uh, I know if I came to my husband was like, hey, I really want to hook up with a woman. I don't think he would really have a problem (laughs) with it. Um, He'd be like, sure, let me just charge my batteries on the video camera. Uh, (laughs) But but like that, that conversation has not come up, but that doesn't matter. To me, it was like, if it ever did, I wasn't in a place where I could allow someone that I love to, to explore their, their sexuality. And so I was like, you know what, even if that conversation never happens in my lifetime with him, the fact that I still am struggling with that, I need to do something about it. And so even though it has no direct impact on my life at this point, the principle, the larger principle was what was bothering me is why, why do I have, why? And I know I'm not the only one. And so why is this happening? So I was connected to you and you're perfect for this in so many ways, Jonathan, you go against the stereotypical aesthetics of a man who's attracted to men. Mm-hmm. And I think in porn and in media, we are only shown what men attracted to men looks like in one way, in one way. Mm-hmm. And to the point where I literally, I started this journey like a, maybe like a year ago, I actually started purposely watching porn that depicted bisexual men, uh, gay masculine presenting men, because I was like, wait a minute, I don't have the same reaction to this. So what is it about feminine presenting that is is causing something for me? Mm-hmm. And I know you and I talked about masculine energy and feminine energy, and I learned so much from that. Did you struggle with these messages as well when you were like, how did you know you were bisexual and when, and how did that, what did that look like? You want me to start at the very beginning? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when I was in my early teens, I definitely knew that there was contraction to men. Mm-hmm. like 100 percent. something was 
something was different I was I would quite often find myself not wanting to go into the men's changing rooms at school because you know I would feel awkward or you know uncomfortable but not <laughs> purely because I didn't want to be attracted to them or you know whatever else right um and then and then when I was about 16 I I had my first boyfriend and decided that I was going to come out as gay Right. I, I, I went against the grain when it comes to the normal narrative that you see, which is people come out as bisexual, then they come out as gay. Right. And for some reason, that makes it that bisexual people are bad or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And, um, and so I came out screaming homosexual um, as effeminate as you'd like. You know, I think in my mind at the time, it was like, people are going to know about this. <laughs> Right, like whether they want to or not, whether they want to or not, people are going to know about this. And um, and then for about two years, just kind of followed that that track, and and something felt off. Right, the whole time something felt off, and it wasn't until I was about eighteen that I was like, shit, I'm still attracted to women. Mm-hmm. Like, or rather, not still. Like, I am attracted. To yeah, women, right? I mean, I can't blame. Not me. something I'm trying to get rid of. But yeah, right. <laughs> Um, and, and that was kind of it. It was like, no, I, I, like, I need to be one foot in, one foot out the closet here. Like I need to be like, I'm in the, not necessarily smack bang in the middle, but I definitely enjoy both worlds and I'm definitely attracted to both mm-hmm. right? from a romantic and a sexual perspective. Yeah. And then, then started a, like a, honestly, a 15, 15 year journey of, sifting through my own internal homophobia, biophobia, bioerasia, God knows what else, my mm. issues with what it meant to be masculine, what it meant to be feminine, what it meant to present as both of those things, what it meant to be in relationship with both of those things, and really reconciling the internal stuff, mm. right? The the layers and layers and layers of uh, other people's fears, worries, doubts, hates, mm-hmm. and understanding what I meant to me. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I've been in long-term relationships with men, with women, and and they've all taught me something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I remember last time uh, when we spoke, I said, mm-hmm. do, do you, is there a difference between how you show up in a relationship because I know even in heterosexual relationships I've shown up differently depending on the guy that I'm with right I mean if he's if he has more of a dominant personality more of my um I mean I'm a pretty pretty strong independent woman on my own but when I'm with a man depending on the dynamics that are shaped I I show up differently in heterosexual relationships and it's all with men. So yeah. clearly we show up differently regardless, right? But how did you show up differently? Was there any specific difference between how you show up in a relationship with a man and how you show up in a relationship with a woman? Yes. But I want to I want to shift some of the language around that. Mm-hmm. Because where what I would prefer to label it as is do you show up differently in a relationship with somebody 
who predominantly presents as feminine versus somebody mm -hmm. who predominantly presents as masculine. Mm -hmm. Um, because actually that's that's the crux of of how we change yeah. for other people right so just to kind of highlight what you said right there's the varying degrees of how you felt within a relationship with men mm -hmm. over the years depending on how they showed up yeah. fully in their masculine or not right and so yes there are differences and yes being in a relationship, somebody who predominantly presents as or has a feminine core, I definitely show up much more as a provider and somebody who's there to create safety and security yeah. and, you know, all of that. Um, and I have definitely experienced being in a relationship with somebody more masculine than me that's put me into a place where I'm like, I want to receive and I want to surrender yeah. and I want to be looked after, yeah. right? And, and, and I really want to separate that out from female male because mm -hmm. it is an energy thing and it is um it's it's a, a polarity thing of yeah. sorts um where we will respond to the energy we are presented with mm -hmm. um i hate that the terms of femininity and masculinity because they deserve something different they yeah. deserve something much more unique than that but they're the mm -hmm. terms we have so <laughs> in yeah, in answer to your question, like, I have experienced being much more um, feminine in the way I've shown up, right. um, and much more masculine in the way I've shown up, in the way of my actions and behaviours, and, and even to a degree, my, my desires yeah. within it, right? Mm -hmm. um, I have experienced wanting to build a home and nest. I have experienced wanting to be a provider and somebody who <laughs> hunter gathers, right? You know, like yeah. for want of a better term. Right. Right. Um, again, I'm disappointed with the language here because some of it feels quite archaic. Um, mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot tied up in the terms that we use, um, mm -hmm. which we can definitely touch on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. I feel like I went on a bit of a diatribe. No, it totally does. It totally does. And, and to drive that point home even further, I know I'm going to put myself on the spot because this is just what I do. And I feel like in order for me to, to provide a space where other people feel that they can just kind of uncage themselves, I kind of have to go first. So I know the first time we spoke, I was using humor because that's my, my, my go-to defense. We were talking about masculine and feminine energy, right? Stereotypical masculine and feminine energy. I was saying how when I used to have TikTok on my phone, I stumbled upon stud lesbians, which was a term mm -hmm. I had never heard of before. I would say like, you know, on the Kinsey scale, I'm like 98% heterosexual until, <laughs> until I was like, and, and it's not just me. It's this joke. There are several stud lesbians on TikTok that are known for making straight women go, mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> Like, why am I feeling this way, right? And it makes sense because most, most straight women are more likely to be attracted to masculine energy. Yes. And so I started, my girlfriends and I, who are all married to men, we're like, did you see this one? Did you see her? Did you see? And we're like, what is happening? What is happening? And then trans men. Yeah. They, I would be like, oh, this guy's so hot. And then I would see a hashtag that was like, you know, FTM or like female to male or, and I'm like, what? Yeah. 
I'm like, honestly, I still attracted. Like, I don't, yeah. you know? And then I started challenging, like, wait a minute, maybe, just maybe genitalia <laughs> is a tad disconnected mm. from the, the energy that somebody can give off. I have people message me like, oh, I was like, say a straight guy. I was watching this porn scene and there were two guys going on it and I wasn't turned off. Like, what does that mean? I'm like, it means you're human next. But I also want to acknowledge that you can absolutely be um, bisexual, gay, anything in the queer community and choose to live your life one of those ways, right? So I know women that are bisexual and they really prefer to create a life with a man or the other way around. Or there are gay men that are married to women and are very happy. They have either the intellectual connection, the ro maybe there's a romantic connection, like a, you know, what do they call it? It's like heteroromantic and yep. all of those terms. Yep. And so I'm starting to challenge all of this stuff for me because one, it makes me, it makes my life richer because the more expansive my brain is, the more open I am to receiving not only people in my life, but new ways of thinking. And, you know, I mean, we have one shot on, on this earth. And so mm -hmm. like, if I'm going to live in this like little tiny bubble, I'm screwed, right? To me, that's not a rich life in my personal opinion. And this really came from my conversation with you, Jonathan, was that it was a joke with my girlfriends about, oh, look at these stud lesbians, like with the undercut and the long hair and they're like super hot. I'm like, they give off like, I called it big, big, big energy. Big, big, yeah, big <laughs> energy. Although I should be like big clit energy, but they gave off this energy that I'm attracted to. And in those moments, I wasn't like, oh, but she has a vagina. And you were telling me like, it's an energy that I'm attracted to for sure. 100%. And, and when you when you begin to realize that that those energies are within all of us, right? This is just a vessel, right? right it's right. literally just a meat suit. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, it is, right? It was like so accurate, but a little nauseating at the same time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and how we express ourselves and or how we receive the world is, is, is separate from that, in right. a way. Right. And so, like, I really do believe that we're in a stage um, in the world where we get to define what relationship looks like for us. Mm -hmm. And that can be absolutely anything you want. Right. I have one rule. So long as it doesn't hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. Yep. You do what you want. Right. Yep. So long as it doesn't hurt anyone, you do what you want. And and what we what we get to do through that process is unpick all of the years of patriarchal misogynistic bullshit mm -hmm. that ha is weighing us all down and holding us all back from living fully expressed and fully experienced lives right, right. because you know as an example if we look at the bedroom even in a in a in a heterosexual encounter and or relationship there is going to be energy play within that right mm -hmm masculine energy is 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 typically dominant mm -hmm. typically penetrative mm -hmm. feminine energy typically receiving mm -hmm. and um and wants to be penetrated right. right and when you can in that space in a heterosexual place embrace those things and play with it and see where it goes 
right? You're opening yourself up to this whole other level of experience, connection, right? In my mind, there's two types of sex, right? There's one where we just need to get off and the other one, which is where we want to connect. We want to be together with this person. We're denying ourselves those opportunities because we have somewhere along the lines, and I'm going to go right on my misogyny soapbox right now. We have decided somewhere along the line that, that, that feminine is lesser than Right. Yeah. Somewhere along the line, we have decided that feminine and or female is is not as good as masculine and male. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so the our society doesn't value it. And we see it everywhere, whether it in gender pay gap or, you know, just not having women in power or whatever else. Right. We see it everywhere. But we also see it in the bedroom. We also mm-hmm. see it in relationship. We also we see it everywhere. Yeah. And we get to challenge that. Mm -hmm. And when I said to you, you know, picturing a guy going down on a boyfriend or or husband, you know, I was like, I I can wrap my head around that because in my mind, he's still, he's still getting pleased. Right. Like, so it's like the feminine energy is doing something to him. So I'm like, that's fine. And then when I flipped it and was like, and if my boyfriend or my husband I mean, I only have a husband, I don't have a boyfriend and a husband. I mean, that would be cool. um, For now, it's a husband. Um, But any any man I've ever been with, if I were to picture, okay, let's flip it and picture him going down on a guy or him being the one that's being penetrated, all of a sudden it no longer longer did anything for me. And and I was like, is it just because I'm attracted to masculine energy? Sure, I'm not going to apologize for being attracted to masculine energy, right? But the fact that I was attaching behaviors, sexual acts to a gender, Mm -hmm. that's when you said to me, well, first you're like, well, clearly you've never seen a masculine blowjob, which is, is, is accurate. I, (laughs) I I need to change my porn habit clearly. Um, And the other thing you said was your, your beliefs about all of this are laced in misogyny. And I remember being like, holy shit, me? Like what woman is, has anything laced with misogyny? You know what? A fucking shit ton of us do. And we don't even realize Most. it. We don't Most. even realize you, it. You look at uh, the political nature of the world at the moment and, and you see what, what, what always blows my mind is seeing uh, women seek to lessen their power or mm-hmm. seek to lessen their, um, their ability to create change in the world and how that is driven by an internal idea that they are not as good as men mm-hmm. and it 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 fucking annoys me mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. frankly yeah and and i and i was explaining last time too how it has impacted me in relationships my entire life in terms of my sexual pleasure i have always believed and i'm at 40 i am still struggling and working my ass off on this is that my job as a woman is to please the man. And I, I enjoyed it. I still do. I I am in the bedroom. I am a giver and I, I I have no qualms about that. What I do have qualms with is that I have consistently taken my orgasm off the table because in my head 
receiving pleasure is not, doesn't make me desirable. Giving pleasure makes me desirable as a woman. So I, since forever, I've always hundred percent of the time been like, let's just make sure that you're satisfied at the end. I'll take out my vibrator, kiss me a few times. I'll be fine. But it was like, I never wanted to bother him. I never, um, I never in my head. And I know a lot of women struggle this. I was taking too long. Is he uncomfortable? Is he bored? He's not being pleased right now. So he probably thinks I'm like a lame duck in bed right now. And, um, that, that is a hard, hard, hard message to, to overcome. And I really didn't even notice it or start working on it until about two years ago. Uh, I'm 40. So I always felt desired in a relationship. And maybe that was sufficient as a young, as a young woman, Mm -hmm. but as, as an adult fully on her path to like sexual empowerment and freedom, which is a lifelong journey. Frankly, I'm fucking pissed. (laughs) (laughs) I thank God my husband is incredibly patient, but like, I never looked at it as, you know, how that might make the guy feel, you know, like, I mean, growing up, I don't know if the guys gave a shit. They were probably happy. Right. But a man who my husband, like who loves me, to literally take that away from him. Like, don't just don't like, I got this. I don't want to bother you. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it was hard for him. And, you know, that really comes from my belief that a woman is there to be the sexual object of toy. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. And look, there are times where that's hot as hell right? If I still value my pleasure, which might not always be an orgasm, right? But, but I never, I mean, I can't countless women that are listening to this. I guarantee you, we have taken one for the team multiple times. Sex, if sex hurts, we just keep going, just moan, just moan, just do it. You know, fake your orgasm. Think about 70, over 75% of women fake orgasms. Why? Because we don't want to hurt the ego of the guy who's trying. Right. That's fucked. That's fucked. And yeah, so yeah. You know, I need to, this is, you know, this is where my Jonathan comes in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like if you really, really, really un- unpack that, um, it really shows you that society set up for the man, right? Mm-hmm. Like in every way, because, because not only do you have to play with, right. So you're, you're in a secure relationship where you can bring this stuff up and you can talk about it. Right. right. But there are countless men out there who believe that it is their right to behave a particular way and that and that women are less than them right so you got that to deal with too right yeah. I, re- I really get that it's it the, the, to 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 overcome this problem there needs to be a mutual coming yeah. together and, and, and a recognition that there is a problem to begin with right but it hurts my soul to hear and know of women who go through life thinking that this is normal Mm -hmm. like the feminine the female body has the power to create male body doesn't Mm -hmm. feminine power is huge Mm -hmm. and it's been dampened and it's been trodden on and it's been pushed down but it is fucking powerful Mm -hmm. And I want to see more of that expressed in the world. 
I want to see more wild women out there Mm -hmm. who are expressing all of themselves and fucking demanding their orgasms. Yeah. Right. Yep. And I, and I think even on like a a total like pop culture scale, but so relevant is when Cardi B's song WAP came out and it was this huge, huge controversy where even women were like, my, I can't, I, my daughter will no longer listen. To, and I'm like, you know what? Your daughter should fucking listen to that goddamn song, right? Yeah. On my last podcast episode, we talked about ridiculous terminology in these songs that are fucking up sex between a man and a woman that you don't, please don't pop my pussy. Okay. If you hear pop, you need to take me to the ER. Um, rearrange my guts. Uh, first of all, anatomically, you're, that's not possible for vaginal penetration. Um, and why, why is that all of a sudden hot, you know? And every, all the memes, all the sexy pictures on social media are all about dicks in a vagina. And 80 something percent plus, and I honestly think it's more like a hundred percent, but that's, that's just my soapbox. Penetration, <laughs> is like not our favorite thing. Um, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it isn't, it would be like expecting you to come if I was rubbing your balls or like your inner thigh, treating your dick as foreplay and then being like, don't, I'm gonna rub your dick for a little while but then I'm gonna actually move to your inner thigh and you're gonna get off and it's gonna be amazing, right? That's <laughs> truly how we feel um, is like, you're focusing on the wrong thing and it's still so prominent in our culture penetration penetration like can we have songs about like clits out there like any rap songs (laughs) like my neck my back (laughs) 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 it's funny because i said something about that song i was like hygiene psa if you're going to lick my ass crack that needs to be the last thing you do Please do not go from back to front because I'm going to walk out there with like a UTI or yeast infection, you know, like it's not hot. Right. So you want to lick both cracks. Awesome. But there's an order of operations. Right. Um, And then WAP, you vaginas don't just lubricate when we're turned on. Right. And so um, there's that. I have men tell me how easy it is to get their, their girlfriend or their wife off. I hear things like, oh, she gushes or, oh, she's super wet. Or the best was, you know, that white stuff comes out. The white stuff you're talking about is usually, it could be discharge or just lubrication. Like that isn't like, there's there's such an ego connection to, for a man, for a woman to get off that everyone's lying about it to make sure that the guy feels masculine, including women. We lie. I know, I know. We're fucking it up for everybody. I know. And I will say, and I'm going to toot my own horn here. I have, I have never faked an orgasm in my entire life. I'm in the minority. Don't get me wrong. I a hundred percent understand the pressure to fake. I do a hundred percent. The one time I faked anything was over the phone. I was in grad school and I was over the phone and it was going great. And I was actually really close. And then he literally said, I have no idea what to say next. And I was like, uh, <laughs> and good feeling. Anything. Right? Anything. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm right there. And it just, it shut it down for me. And so I just, I felt bad because he was doing a great job for a really long time. But again, mm-hmm. that was 
that that was my my guilty moment where I did fake it over the phone, right? But physically, again, because I didn't even that's how fucked up it was, Jonathan. I didn't even see my orgasm as necessary. So I didn't well, I didn't know I had to fake it. I was just like, I'm I'm broken. So just I'll handle it. Don't worry about me because worrying about me is unattractive, right? So me wanting to to orgasm was unattractive in my head. And that was, is so deeply ingrained. It's hard. It's hard. And I think a lot of us are not aware that we have these misogynistic beliefs because it makes us sick to think that we would like, we're the, we're the ones that should never, but I mean, it starts at such a young age where we're not even old enough to challenge that shit. So we don't know any better. And then when you're 40 and go, you know what? The last, you know, 25 years of my life, I have been truly fucking myself over. It's so yeah. deeply ingrained, Jonathan, that um, it's hard. Yeah. And and like I really understand that societally we have a problem of too few um, positive examples of grounded masculinity, mm-hmm. right? I really... Um, I know that that is one of the lead causes of this problem is mm-hmm. that because because the masculine well you know like I'm gonna go down a right rabbit hole now Are you ready That's for okay. this one? I love I love rabbit holes the story of my life go ahead and we will get back around to bisexuality at some point <laughs> <laughs> um, is that what we're talking about my bad all right let's go <laughs> but um you know like when you have so few examples of of positive masculinity and to a degree positive femininity too right because because what we're talking about here is a fully expressed both energies right and and that can exist in both bodies too mm-hmm. right and so when we look at how society is set up for the man to take what he wants and to have his freedom right which is what the masculine wants it wants freedom from Mm -hmm. everything it doesn't want responsibility Mm -hmm. and because the masculine and the man doesn't have to take responsibility for anything because society is set up in that way Mm -hmm. including the pleasure of you know their partners or their dates or whatever it may be and that's the norm that we're dealing with right We're, we're, we're in a place where that is that is so socially acceptable that the only way to move past it, I mean, you know, there's two ways. One is that you get to stand up for yourself and then, and, and the feminine gets to stand up for itself and gets to say, no, fuck off. Mm-hmm. And the other is that the men and the masculine gets to fucking identify with its feminine and be comfortable with it. Yeah. And value it, mm-hmm. right? Because it isn't valued. Right. When we're talking about, you know, when we're talking about sex... And we're talking about men who are possibly attracted to other men and who are conflicted because that feels feminine. Mm-hmm. And they're tied up in their own misogyny up here. They're tied up in, in how it might make them look or how people might perceive them or what it means for who they are. It's no wonder they can't experience the joy and the ecstasy that can come with it because they're so tied up in that if I'm feminine or I do something perceived as feminine, I am less than. Mm-hmm. How would that shift our society if women were the 
sexual hunters. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that clearly threatens masculinity as, yeah. as an energy, right? Yeah. Like, am I getting it? Does, it? Yeah. It doesn't threaten it, but it does, right? Like, right, right. They feel threatened. In tr- yeah, exactly. In truth, there is no threat. But right. society is set up in such a way where it is perceived as a threat. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I love to see women step into their masculine energy, right? Because, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to generalize or or make assumptions, but from what it sounds like, you know, these women who are fucking killing life are mm-hmm. utilizing their masculine energy, which is yeah. direction, purpose, all of that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And that's challenging for men because all of a sudden it's like, oh, this isn't exclusive to me. This isn't exclusive to my gender. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not special anymore. Mm-hmm. And oh shit, if women can be powerful, that means that they're not second-rate citizens anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking misogyny. It right? is rife. <laughs> and I don't, and it's not something that most people are even conscious of. You know, no, it's and, completely unconscious. And I get the same thing with women. I've heard, um, oh my gosh, Nina, my boyfriend or my husband wants me to like play with his ass, but I'm afraid. I'm like afraid of him farting or getting shit on you. Like, what are you afraid of? Like, what if he's gay? Okay. All right. Let's, let's go with this for a hot second. Does he ever go down on you? Yeah. I love it. Are you a lesbian? Cause let, cause women do that to women. Does that make you a lesbian? But again, I absolutely have had to work on messaging around that too. Now I'll be the first one to send a prostate toy to my guy friends. Like, oh my God, you got to get this. What, you have to be gay to have a prostate? I don't understand, you know? <laughs> like, is, is, is like, is that the defining anatomical feature for a gay man is a prostate? Like only gay men have prostates. So, you know, and, and it's hard because I think we're both working against each other. Whereas I'll have men come to me and say, God, I wish my girlfriend or I wish my wife was more dominant in bed. I've had men that are like, I really want my, my wife or my girlfriend to peg me. I could never bring it up. Or if they say, oh, my, my girlfriend or my wife doesn't like when I go down on her, she's too self-conscious and it's so annoying. All right. I get it. When is the last time you laughed at or sent a meme about the way a vulva looks or the way it smells, right? You can't say you want your girl to be confident with her body and not afraid of the smell or the size of her labia. And you are actually a part of the reason why she is self-conscious. So Mm -hmm. you gotta pick a side. If you wanna go down on her and you want her to be able to receive that happily, one, it's gonna take a while because we've all had these messages for so long, but two, stand up for vulvas everywhere when you get memes like that or your boys send you like oh look at this roast beef curtain look at arby's blah 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 uh it's okay to be like uh what are you in high school dude like seriously or if you want to make a guy joke be like oh yeah when's next time you want to go down and a girl she says no look at the memes that you're sending or look at the stuff that you're supporting so it's and same with women we're guilty of it we're guilty yeah. of it, you know, making it harder for men to tap into their feminine energy. Yep. So like we're we're working against each other. It's like the same, the exact thing we want 
from our partner, it's like we're making it really hard for them to give it to us. Yeah. And you, like you say, like both sides are guilty of that. In 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 my experience, in 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 men wanting more connection, it's that they don't feel that they can, right? Mm -hmm. It's that that their partners, if they're women, for instance, are like, I want you to open up to me. But the moment that they do, it's shut down because no, that's too feminine. And yeah. I need you to be in your masculine all the time. Yeah. And and you have to question, right? Do you want the thing that you want? Mm -hmm. Because if you do, you have to be willing to challenge how you're behaving when you're getting that thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of immaturity in the world, mm -hmm. right? I, like, I don't want to call it as it is, but that's what it is. We are dealing with mass immaturity on such a scale mm -hmm. because maybe people don't have good role models maybe people aren't communicating properly maybe people aren't being given the opportunity to mature into um respectful loving kind compassionate people yeah like you say you can't expect to have the thing you want without challenging something along the way if what you want isn't happening mm -hmm. right i really i feel quite passionate about men being forced to open up it's like that's not the way you're going to make it happen right you can't force a man to open up if you're not going to give him space to do so it requires him to shift his energy into a different space that he may not be used to accessing and if you start shaming him about going to that space he's never going to open up to you again and i think the the further i get into my career and being in the sex space and the more i challenge myself the more i challenge my husband and i know he's not a huge fan um <laughs> But like things like when we call somebody a pussy, right? And for the longest time, that was so acceptable. It still is acceptable. It shouldn't be, but it still is. Right. I've said it. And I think, again, indirectly, but pretty directly, what we're saying is that the part that creates life, right, um, is weak, right? And, and I understand it might not be that um, literal when people say it, but you're, you're talking about feminine energy being yeah. weak is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. And when in actuality, there's so many parts of the, of feminine energy that are so much stronger. <laughs> the, the feminine can hold, <laughs> can hold so much. Mm -hmm. It can create, it can, it can change it can it can alter the world around it right it can it can it brings love and compassion and warmth and like there's so much about it and it's just treated as a commodity yeah 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 and i and i, and I definitely have lived my life coming from a space of weakness or or fear when when I when I pulled on the layers on the outside, that's not what it looked like, right? But on the inside, I never got involved in in the hookup culture, not even in college. Um, I think I tried in college once, and I ended up getting mono. So that was like the universe being like, "See, you can't be slutty, right? Or you'll get mono." But I've always been a serial monogamist. I've had very long term relationships, and that kept me very safe socially. The way I was with my long term boyfriends behind closed doors was wild and amazing. I've always been incredibly open sexually, mm. but only if nobody knows, right? And so, because 
if I was seen as a woman who enjoyed her sexuality, then my credibility as a human being was shot to hell. And so I kind of structured probably, you know, subconsciously, but I structured my romantic life, my whole life in a way that enabled me to explore my sexuality in a very safe way. And I think a lot of women have done that where it was like the brave ones that would go out and party and hook up those, you know, that's not how they were viewed. They weren't viewed as brave, but looking back, I'm like, they were brave because the flack that they got for that and the way they were perceived in society because of something so natural and so not inherently wrong at all, it wasn't worth the risk for me. It wasn't. The double standards in that are just shocking, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that also comes from, you know, I had a guy ask me recently, is it true that like the more men a woman is with, the looser her vagina is? (sighs) And big sigh. (laughs) (laughs) Like, not only is that anatomically moronic, but just think about this. So I, I never answer it. I just ask them a question. I said, okay, let's say the girl you're talking about went out this weekend and fucked 20 men, 20, 20 men. I have been having sex with my husband for 17 years. I've had sex more than 20 times. So who's, whose vagina do you think is, is looser, right? And the basis of that is that to think that a dick is so powerful where it could change the musculature of a vessel that delivers 10 pound children <laughs> is a bit egomaniacal. If you think yeah, of it, it is. right? Yeah, it is. Same with virginity, that you're gonna take something from me, right? So mm-hmm. your, your penis is this all holy <laughs> rail where you are going, just the mere penetration of my innocent angelic vagina is going to strip me of my innocence and I can't imagine how non-binary folks um, or gender fluid folks have to wrap their head around this bullshit as well. The, The courage to be who you are in a world that is as messed up as the one that we have is immense and I I can't imagine what it takes to you know I am I hold a lot of privilege. I am a white man Mm -hmm. who is mostly straight presenting. Mm -hmm. And, and that means I can, I can hide. Yep. I can, I can disappear into the background. I can just be noise. Yeah. To stand up for yourself and be non-binary to, to embrace fully your gender and make a transition in front of people. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine the courage and the bravery that takes. Yep. Me neither. I blown away. And which is why I always celebrate my trans and non-binary friends Mm -hmm. and, you know, everyone really, because 
we are we are unfortunately at the whims of centuries of misogyny and 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 it breaks my heart that people have to go through what they have to go through mm -hmm. to overcome that right you know i've said this before that on the outside i am as mainstream as they come right i'm a white cis heterosexual woman in a monogamous marriage with two children and a colonial house right yeah. so why why the interest and why the passion for topics that have quote unquote nothing to do with me it's because they have everything to do with me of course they do a lot of it is do i know what it's like to be gay or lesbian nope i don't i know what the emotions feel like when you feel trapped in your own head i know what it feels like to be terrified to be authentic i know what it feels like to know for a fact that if people really knew who you were they would they would leave or they would surely place judgment i know what it's like to want to die i know what it's like to have my own stuff hurt other people unintentionally and that's all i need to know right so i don't i don't believe that humans have to experience the same things to be connected and like you i i i'm learning the privilege that I have, but the feeling of not showing a massive part of who you are at your core is exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. From a, from an identity and a, and a, and a, a labels perspective too. Right. I think, and I think we spoke about this last time, like there is, we shouldn't live in a world where we need to label what we are. We shouldn't need to explain what we are to other people. Right? Mm -hmm. I, I'm fully in that camp. And yet, um, at the same time, the relief that one can feel when you suddenly have a way to describe who you are mm -hmm. is immense. Mm -hmm. And, and that, you know, it's relevant to the conversation about bisexuality, right? Because in my mind, right, bisexuality, or rather being in relationship, if you're in a in a heterosexual presenting relationship, you are still a bisexual person. You are still bisexual. It is still a part of who mm -hmm. you are. And what we find is that society wants to drop you in a box mm -hmm. and say, no, you can't be bisexual because you're in a heterosexual relationship. That doesn't work. And, and I think the reason I bring that up is because it's important to understand that when you are, when you are in relationship, right? And I want to touch on this because some of the people listening might want to know, mm -hmm. and it is that exploring your physical sexuality and or your romantic sexuality isn't necessarily going to change all of your life. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like to, to bring it back to you bringing up women who are worried about anal play because they're worried that their partners are going to suddenly become gay. That's not how it works. The main thing that you can do is open up channels of communication and allow somebody to explore the entirety of who they are. And if they love you, they are going to want to stay with you no matter what. Mm -hmm. right? And in my, in my mind, being in relationship in both i know that 
when I am committed to someone, I'm committed to somebody. Yeah, I might still have sexual desires, but it isn't going to change the person that I want to be with. Right, right. And I feel like it, that's the case in heterosexual relationships. Precisely, too. right? You know, He's not like, looking. <laughs> right. You and, know? and there's there. So there are these there are these myths, too, that I that I want to kind of um wrap the episode up with because this has come up mm. specifically and i was like i'm gonna bring it up to jonathan because i can't answer this um I hope i can you will you will <laughs> you're british <laughs> <laughs> not only will you be able to answer it but you're gonna sound super smart answering it um, <laughs> for the heterosexual women that are in relationships mm-hmm. with bisexual men or men that have experimented with men in the past. What I've heard from these women uh, is an immense amount of fear that their partners will never be satisfied for the long term because they're women. Um, and I think this goes back to what we we're saying: like, well, couldn't that be the case? And in my heterosexual marriage mm-hmm. as well. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the case of any kind of long-term relationship. You know, monogamy is not a biological thing. It's actually the complete, it's like the antithesis of what we're supposed to do. Yes. Um, but so it really, that doesn't really have much to do with orientation. But I think that the, where that's coming from is the idea that she can't give him what a man can again, which I could just say, well, there are things that I can't give my husband that maybe another woman could. It doesn't always have to be a, a, an orientation thing, but the fear is real. It's if you like men too, how can you say that you'll commit to me forever when I'm not a man and you have desires for men? I'll never be able to give that to you. Like, ha- has that ever come up for you in a relationship with a woman that's like, uh, you know, I don't know if I can do this because I'll always wonder if you wished I was a guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm both ways, right? I've had it both ways. Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's, um, again, it's one of those things for me that, that again, when you really look at that, when you look at, you know, a woman wondering if she'll ever be enough because a man might be better than her. Mm-hmm. You know where I'm going with this yeah. one. <laughs> um, like, it's just, it's it's not going to be the case, mm-hmm. right? It's not that the person has chosen to be with you their sexual explorations has nothing to do with their love or desire for you mm. and when when we're really real about this right denying the conversation and or denying the exploration within the relationship i'm not talking about necessarily opening it up but like right. getting into to exploring other possibilities in the bedroom or looking at porn or whatever it might be right like it gives you an opportunity to connect on a deeper level and experience something new and what he might need is just to witness or just to experience something in his body that he's never experienced before and and I have to be upfront, right there is always going to be a possibility that your partner wants something else and the question you have to then ask yourself is what what might that look like and can I handle it right 
and I know that's a really rough way to answer the question. No, but, <laughs> but... It's true. but 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 the point is, is that it's not just about bisexual men. No. You know, I'm having a married couple on in a couple of weeks uh, who are recently in an in an open marriage. There's mm. no, they're heterosexual. Yeah. The the wife was the one that bought it up and said, yeah. "Look, I'm young. I look good. I'm pretty sure I won't feel or look this good forever." I haven't had a lot of male partners. I want to kind of go crazy, but I don't want to end the marriage. I love you. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. do we do? Right. So it's not, it's not a bisexual thing. It's, it's a human thing. A human yeah. thing, right? I it mean, is. I yeah. feel like our sex drive will always be seeking novelty and variety, which is kind of the opposite of what we seek in a long-term relationship, right? We want stability and predictability and those things yeah. aren't sexy. No, they're not. No, they're not. Right? They're really not. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> right? I was like, long-term relationships are like this cruel joke. It's like your your heart, <laughs> your heart wants like predictability and safety and security, and your well, the feminine heart does. Well, right, 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 right. But but clearly, we have masculine energy because I know a shit ton of women that are like, you know, it'd be super hot, <laughs> like. <laughs> multiple men like no shit but we're not allowed to talk about it right because we're yeah. like well but also that's like a, that can be an energetic feminine thing too right it's like i want to receive i want to be ravished i want to be like do you know what i mean it's yeah. not it's not where we can get caught up in this is labeling one thing as one thing and, right. and it's not right, right. And, and and we get to see it for what it is and that maybe what your partner wanting to explore potentially masculinity in others is is him wanting you to be more dominant in the bedroom right it might also come with some anal play too right or right. some pegging right it might <laughs> right but right. you know don't assume that it means he wants to end the relationship and go find a man to be with mm -hmm. right because that's that's probably the last thing on his mind right Right. And I, and I think maybe the, the easiest, what it comes down to is the easiest way to respond is that you shouldn't be any more concerned with a bisexual man partner wanting variety than he should be concerned with you being a heterosexual woman wanting variety. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, exactly. Shocking, but we are actually pretty sexual. Um, <laughs> I will tell you, and I joke about this all the time. When a guy says he's a freak to me, I'm so unimpressed, right? And because in my mind, I'm like, I know what that means. Like, maybe you'll let somebody touch your butt. Like, that's like, oh, oh I'm a freak. I've had sex with two women, and I let one of them lick my ass. I'm like, oh, if a woman, <laughs> if a woman says she's a freak, she she means that. It's a whole other level, right? And when I talk to some of my guy friends about the porn they watch, I'm like, oh, no, that's super exciting. Like, so the, my girlfriends, <laughs> it is, we go on a, on a whole other, on a whole other level. We are sexually sophisticated. <laughs> like, yes. Like our palate is, is very, is very sophisticated, right? And and so I think that there, the reality of men are more sexual um, is so false. It's yeah, well, it is. And, you know, <laughs> like you, you can take that back to where we were earlier. It's like the world is set up for men to have it as easy as fucking possible. Mm -hmm. And that includes in the bedroom. Yeah. And that includes 
meaning that it's probably not as sophisticated, right? right. Because because they don't, it doesn't have to be right. Them. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. Like part of me wants to say here, it's like any any opportunity in your relationship, whether your partner thinks they are bisexual or not, any opportunity to have a deeper conversation when you can connect further, whether that's an emotional, mental, spiritual, or physical place, embrace the fuck out of that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because you are going to experience new levels of connection you didn't know existed. And that may completely transform your sex life or mm-hmm. your day to day life. Or what, right. And play with his butt. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Um, yeah. When you said if you if you really want connection, those those sexual exploration, even just conversations, yeah. hands down. And if I were to have my husband right here on, on this podcast, he would agree that the monumental shifts in our relationship, one hundred percent, have come from vulnerable, sometimes painful, raw conversations about about sexual stuff because in in those moments it's not just what do you like oh cool what do you like okay it's 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 meeting yeah and it's dealing with what comes up from that you know and it's it's sometimes it takes takes a little bit sometimes just an end in that conversation sometimes if there's been something that I like or or I like to watch and I was, it took me a while to be like, um, excuse me, I'd like to show you something. I'm scared, you know? And, and, you know, he's great. He's like, Nina, I, whatever you're turned on by is a turn on for me because you're turned on. I don't even have to watch. Like, I'm just like into you, but you're worried. What are they going to think, you know, or, or if they tell you something and you're like, what does that mean? What does that mean? That well, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and that is half the problem, right? We spend our entire lives trying to attribute meaning to everything. And mm-hmm. sometimes there is none. There right. is zero meaning. It just right. is what it is, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. and that's where we get caught up, right? And I, I'm, not, I'm not blind to the fact that there is an art to having an uncomfortable conversation. Oh, yeah. Right? There is. There <laughs> yeah. are rules. There are ways that you need to approach it that makes it effective, right? I get that. And my challenge is always going to be, have it, do it, have an uncomfortable conversation about sex with your partner. Because mm-hmm. if you start that, that rolling, crazy shit's going to happen for it, you. Yeah. And I always tell people that your sexuality will impact every aspect of your life. You know, I think sometimes Absolutely. people look at sexuality, it's such a superficial, like, ugh, she's talking about sex again. Like, yep. Because- yeah when I have connected with somebody sexually on something uncomfortable, the way we connect outside of the bedroom is astronomically different. So the difference between if, if somebody that I'm with is vulnerable with me sexually, whether it's something they tell me, a fantasy, a porn they watch, something physical they, they want to happen, and we break down that wedge between us, I'm like, wow, right? Now, outside of the bedroom, the way I communicate, the the emotional safety skyrockets. And that's something that will permeate every aspect of your relationship. The way you parent together, the way you talk about money, the way you talk about things that 
normally you wouldn't talk about because you're you're defending and protecting your ego all of a sudden it's like this memory of yeah but we just had that conversation so this is nothing exactly (laughs) a professor once said uh, a sex professor in college said if your sex life is good it's five percent of your relationship if it's bad it's 95 percent of your relationship Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and it's true you can't tell me that if what goes on in the bedroom is is troubling, it doesn't impact everything else in your relationship. Well, it works the other way around. If shit is bad outside of the bedroom, the chance of it being really good inside the bedroom is, is pretty low. Possible, but really pretty low. Yeah. So to help both men who might be curious about being physical with other men, and maybe are currently in a heterosexual relationship and they're like, how the hell do I bring this up? Or to women who are in heterosexual relationships with a man who either has been with men or has been open with her that they're bisexual, what kind of advice or suggestions or just mindsets would you tell them to kind of look into? So one thing that I know is that uncommunicated identity pieces will eat you up mm-hmm. that if you don't share what's going on you will end up resentful mm-hmm. either of yourself or of your partner mm-hmm. and so I really get and understand that it's difficult emotionally to deal with both for both parties right. but that to not take the step and to not communicate is holding you back from a life in alignment where you get to explore all of who you are mm-hmm. And so set the expectations, be kind, be compassionate, but be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. right? You can always set up a conversation in a way where the other person feels secure. Mm -hmm. And that is on you. Yeah. Right. That is your responsibility to ensure that the person that you are having a conversation with in that capacity knows that the conversation doesn't mean anything about your relationship right right now yeah right and so it's going to be one of the scariest things you ever do leaning Mm -hmm. into talking about this stuff because it threatens your identity Mm -hmm. in the process but it has the possibility of bringing your identity together into something more complete and more whole and more expressed and so take the risk i agree just from personal experience, because that that is what has happened. Yes, the conversations have been difficult, scary. It's also led to some of the hottest fucking sex I've (laughs) had (laughs) in a monogamous marriage for 17 years. So when people tell me that they're bored, first of all, yeah, that, that absolutely happens. But what are you doing to open up to be ready for the next level? Because that doesn't happen just by being by complaining about it right no no and and there's one more thing i want to say on that or or at least on on the the conversations themselves it's like never ever invalidate somebody else's feelings or experience it is you you don't you don't live within their mind and so that person's experience and feelings are valid you get to be there for it and hold space for it but but you don't get to tell somebody how to feel about what you're going through The other thing too is giving yourself permission to not 
have to decide if you're okay or not with it in that moment, right? Yeah. It doesn't always have to be a sex, like you said, any difficult conversation, yeah. right? When I was leaving a career where I was making steady income to going off on my own and starting from scratch with two children and a hefty mortgage, that was a hard conversation. How do I tell him that? How do I tell him that's what I want to do without seeming like some irresponsible wannabe trophy wife that wants to sit around, I'm just going to do my own thing. Like I was scared, right? I was scared. And so I sometimes, sometimes the person who's delivering the difficult content might also have to preface it by saying, Hey, I want to have this conversation. I'm completely aware that it's going to be difficult to take. And however you respond is okay. All I'm asking for is X, Y, whatever, whatever you're asking for. Right. So I think it is, it's like setting the stage, regardless of what side you're on is, re is really important, you know? And yeah, you're, you might not always be okay right then and there. Yeah. Yeah. And what we get to do with these conversations is not get defensive yeah. and not be like, but why? Like, mm -hmm. this is threatening who I am. No, it's not. It's just somebody sharing how they're feeling. Right. You know, I always say being in relationship is not about being right or wrong. It's about being right for each other without sacrificing your core values. You know, I, I think that challenging these gender stereotypes and, and recognizing that we're all impacted by it negatively. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You know, men, yeah. oh, I have to last a long time. I have to have a big dick. Yeah. And, you know, something I was thinking about earlier I want to see a world where females and the feminine is celebrated. Yeah. I also want to see a world where males and the masculine is celebrated. And mm -hmm. um, we're in this weird sort of space at the moment where we're starting to celebrate the feminine more, that mm -hmm. we're starting to bring that round. But in to do it, there's been a degree of male bashing mm -hmm. along the way. Mm -hmm. and rather than a promoting of positive grounded masculine mm -hmm. what we're doing is saying no men are bad right. and and that's not true right there are so many examples of grounded masculine men not yeah. enough but there are and what we get to do is focus more on those behaviors being positive and right. we get to focus more on lifting the feminine up and lifting the, the grounded masculine up at the same time right whoever that's presented through right? Whether it be a female body, a male body, or a non-binary body, or whatever, right? Um, I hate to see anyone getting bashed in any way or feeling lesser than because somewhere along the line, someone's decided that we should tarnish everybody with the same brush, right? It's how we ended up in a place where feminine is seen or female is seen as lesser than male, right? It's why we've ended up in a place where we have toxic masculinity. That that basically means that we can we can tar all men with that brush and say, well, they're all shit and they're all trying to mansplain us and they're all trying to, you know, yeah. um, we get to unpick that, right? Yeah. We get to, um, it, there gets to be more nuance. Yeah, and I think it's, a, it's like this vicious cycle where the same thing that we don't, quote unquote, like in men where toxic masculinity has been created by the society that we're all existing in. Yeah. And, and Reinforced then- Reinforced by it. 
Yeah. Right. And then, yeah. and then like, okay, you guys, in order for the toxic masculinity or, or the masculine energy that's showing up in not so nice ways, you need to break that down and really deal with that. But in the same breath, don't deal with it or get therapy or anything because that's not masculine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, exactly. well, uh -huh. what the hell do you want me to do? It's the same thing, man. I wish women were more sexual. I wish they weren't so uptight. Oh, look at that slut who's open about sex. Wait, wait, what? Wait, you just told me that you, you uh -huh. know, I think the, 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 the patriarchy is falling down, right? We're seeing that it's been, it's been sped up by COVID. Yeah. Interestingly, purely because so many of the structures that were in place are now no longer in place. Mm -hmm. People are getting to work from home. They're getting to run on their own schedule. They're getting to behave in much more feminine ways when it comes to setting up their lives. Yeah. And, and we need to ride that wave, right? We need to find balance in it. It's been far too balanced towards this idea of structure in a masculine way society needs to be set up in a masculine way everything about it needs to be in a masculine way and we get to we get to challenge that and prove that there can be balance and that there can be um that the two can coexist in harmony yeah and make society and humanity better as a result right yeah you know i think in general i think the mind hates ambiguity it's so uncomfortable you know, which is why I think there's all these the labels and the boxes and, and I can wholeheartedly understand the importance of labels, like you said earlier, is to be able to put words to how you feel yep. um, in a world that doesn't have a lot of words to describe how you feel. Um, yep. That's very liberating. And in the same breath, the need, the, the perceived need to actually find a box to fit in as some goal in life is so limiting and detrimental to the human experience on any and all levels yeah. um, you know yeah, so, because you think you're going to be happy when you get there right right and of course you're not and you're not you know and i think <laughs> the labels don't actually change our truth right no. but learning to live in the gray is so powerful because that's actually how we're supposed to exist is how we naturally exist we're on the spectrum there's a spectrum of gender there's a spectrum of orientation there's a spectrum of monogamy all of that is really how we thrive um yet we're supposed to figure out which which side we're on you know and i think a lot of us do we force ourselves to pick a side and i think we end up sacrificing a lot of things that we may never realize we sacrificed until maybe it's too late you know, and which is sad. And I, and I don't, I don't want to be in that, in that crowd, you know, and, oh, so much stuff, Jonathan, I could speak to you forever, clearly. So how can, how can people find you? Because you're, you're an amazing resource to all human beings, right? Like I, you have, you know, I call them the outliers. Like I, although on the outside, I look like, like mainstream, I am a hundred percent an outlier in so many ways. And, and those are my people, right? Outliers are my, are my people. And I feel like they are yours as well. And so how can how can people find you on, on the internet, on social media, and like how can they find you? I had a simple answer to that recently, but it's changed. <laughs> um, the, the simplest way is probably just to head to my website, um, www.jonathanbeal.com. Um, I, by the time this goes live, there will be enough resource there for people to find me. But failing that, um, I'm mostly on Instagram um the embodied man 
all one word is my main account now that I'm trying to use. Um, so yeah, there is probably a good place. And the last place, which I will give you a link for. Yeah, I'll which, put this all in the description. Yeah, is um, my community on Discord, uh, which is called The Congruent Self, which is brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only a few people in there at the moment. I'm, I'm slowly expanding it. I want a really nice slow growth on this one. So if you fancy coming and hanging out and discussing how to be the congruent self, I would love to see any and all of you there. Awesome. I mean, I'll probably go because I mean, first you of must. all, you use the word congruent, which is like one of those smart words that I haven't heard since math class and like, I don't know, it's like geometry or something, but like, apparently I'm okay with saying like, you know, dick and ass but congruent apparently is too much for me Uh, yeah but i'm sure like me everyone who's listened to this has fallen in love with you and your mission and how humble and honest and approachable and just so so pure of a soul and uh, i feel truly lucky to have to have been connected with you and and even though i send you ridiculous dms about how hot <laughs> it would be if like me and you and my husband <laughs> you're, you're you're such a trooper and you handle me with grace and and kindness when i know it's <laughs> difficult at times you're you're a trooper. It was such 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 a pleasure, Jonathan. As I knew it would be. I look forward to getting this out to everybody. And and again, JonathanBeal.com. J O N A T H A N B E A L. dot com. Instagram, the bodied man. I actually follow Jonathan on Instagram. So if you're lost, come to my Instagram. It's just Nina Real Talk and look at my following, who I'm following. Jonathan is on there. Again, thank you so much, Jonathan. And we will talk for sure. Yes. Looking thank forward you to so it. much. Thanks. Bye.